What's going on, everybody? I'm Enrique Pinheiro, and welcome back to the Hawk Show Talk Show, a Seattle Seahawks podcast. You can find me on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. For today's episode, I got a guest, and our guest today is three-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, first team, one-time first team All-American, two-time national champion, and one-time NFC championship champion, middle linebacker, and Seahawks legend, Lofa Tatupu. Hi, Lofa. My man, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm blessed, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So for today, I got some questions. We're going to ask Lofa mostly about his career and life. And then I got some relating to current NFL players that uh, I'd want to ask. So let's get right into it. Let's talk some Hawk. Uh, first, some generic questions. Uh, what's your favorite game ever? I have a I have an assumption in my head, but do you have a favorite game you played? What What's your assumption? Uh, that Eagles game against uh, Feely <laughs> with the three interceptions. The, the, the Eagles, I had probably two of my best games um, personally against the Eagles, but my, uh, my favorite game will always be the NFC Championship, um, bringing, bringing that, that conference title back to uh, Seattle and, and, you know, earning a, a trip to the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, because you play, you play for championships, my man. That's what it's all about. So the, the NFC Championship against Carolina my rookie year will always be my favorite. Yeah, and you were a leader on that defense. That's crazy. Uh, and then for a little high and low, just it could be any moment. It could be when you got drafted. It could be a certain play, a celebration. What's like kind of a, a lower moment that you kind of learn from and then your favorite, your highest moment? Man, lowest moment. Anytime uh, a concussion or a surgery, you know, uh, an injury, because it's um, it's one that it challenges you, not just physically. A lot of people, you know, they're – they, they think that it's just the rehab process, but, you know, mentally and emotionally to overcome those things every time. Like, I mean, I had, I had 10 surgeries, 15 concussions. So to, to get back, what was it? 25, 26 times. Um, I mean, it takes everything, everything you got. And then, um, you know, the, the highest of the highs in the NFL, either being drafted because that's, that's every kid's dream um, is to get their name called on draft day um, or to, to play in the Super Bowl, even though it, you know, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but it's the biggest game, you know, in, in all of sports uh, because you only get one take, man. There's, it's not no offense to football, baseball, and I mean, or foot, baseball, basketball, and, and hockey. They have a whole seven games to figure it out. You got one game in, in the NFL to figure out, who's the champion. And so um, that's why it's all, it'll always be the best to me. Yeah, exactly. NFL, I think it's so much more special because in NBA and MLB, you lose a game and you still got 82 or 165 or whatever to recover. NFL, you got 16 and then playoff, it's, uh, you lose, you're out. So it's crazy. It's super important, but yeah. Yeah. And then I was watching some highlights and I saw a play against the Cowboys where you dove out of bounds and kind of corralled the ball back inbounds in midair and allowed one of your teammates to recover and stuff like that. It doesn't show up on the stat sheet. So I was wondering if there's any specific plays like that, that you feel like kind of went under the radar that you are proud of. Like it could be that play. Um, yeah, that was one. I'm surprised you saw that one. I haven't talked about that one in a long time. Um, but it was actually, it was better that my foot was out. And because I got it, I got the ball back in and because I knew we had three or four guys coming to, to, you know, get the ball. And so I just, my whole thought was keep it alive. Um, 
And but luckily my toe was out, so we got the safety, and then we got the ball back because we were down. Um, I think we were down seven, so this gave us a chance to go up two. We're up one with uh, which everyone knows. So I guess another one that kind of goes unnoticed is uh, I tackled Witten on third and ten, just a series later, same game, and um, you know. Jason, you know, Witten's a Hall of Famer um, and one of the toughest guys I went against. And I was there just in time to, to hold him up and, and secure the tackle. And then the infamous, you know, uh, Tony Romo uh, field goal, yeah. botch snap, and, and Jordan, big play Babino coming to the rescue. Um, it seemed like Babs always had his, uh, his best games against the Cowboys, much like I did with the Eagles. He was the, he was the Cowboy killer. Um, but yeah, I would I would think that 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 play goes maybe a little un unnoticed or whatever. But it was um, man, that was a fun game back and forth. That was one of the most talented teams, the 06 Cowboys, the most talented rosters I ever seen. I think they had 11 Pro Bowlers in, in that year. <laughs> so, um, but I always plays that one unnoticed that I really loved or enjoyed. Me, Craig Terrell, we blocked a lot of kicks. Um, a lot of field goals. I think he either tied or broke the record for the organization. And um, I was a part of a, a good, a good amount of them. And it happened because we were in Washington my rookie year and I knew that they were vulnerable up the middle. I was like, yo, if I push you, I was telling all the guys this and Craig seemed like he was the only one interested in listening. He goes, Hey, just push me. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I go, all right, don't stop your feet. I'm going to push you as hard as I can. And we blocked the first field goal. I think we went on to block three or four that year. And then another three or four, yeah, years later, which, I mean, it's um, it's a play that a lot of people take for granted, you know, like the, the operations of it all. But um, you can, I think the rules have even changed. I don't even know if you're allowed to push guys anymore. That's how successful we were. Yeah, changing the game. That's awesome. You were tackles, sacks, interceptions, blocks all over uh, so with you, I just saying like how versatile you were and you were a player who was real, like the saying, uh, the fight in the dog rather than dog in the fight. Like you're, you, like they said you were five eleven, but you were way like mind over matter. You were crazy in the field. Are there any current NFL players that kind of remind you of that way where like you play smart instead of, well, you, you're physical obviously, but like you, you were so uh, valuable in the field because of your mind. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to think of anybody that plays because I, I really did have I don't want to say a reckless you know uh, play style but it was like you're saying it was a well calculated risk like I knew the outcome was favorable for us if I went for the interception if I you know um, if I blitzed you know when the running back was staying in to protect you know I knew those those little areas to take advantage of and I know Having coached him, KJ Wright's a guy that comes to mind that um, he picks his spots and he makes his plays because of it. Because you know you can't you can't just be out there you know playing playing completely free and then you know hanging somebody else out to dry. You got to know where your help is and um, and you got to know when to take your shot. That's just as important as taking the shot. Is like okay, is this going to be a favorable outcome for the team? So I, I would say KJ is one that, that I know that he picks his spots and goes. Um, a guy that I think plays a lot, he's, he's a lot, but he's going to be a lot better than me. He, he probably already is. Devin White from Tampa. 
Uh, he's about six feet, two forty, and but he is—he's a missile, man. He—he's uh, much faster than I was. But when when the ball snapped and he knows where it's going, there's—he's just—he's off, and that's that's how I play downhill. Um, go get it. That's awesome. Yeah, love Devin White and KJ. Thank you. Uh, it doesn't have to be a linebacker. It could be any position on defense, but what current or all-time player would you love to play aside? Like maybe uh, a nice box safety or free safety or, or Aaron Donald or anyone. Oh man. Um, I wish, I wish I had that next year, that one more year. Cause I got released in 11. I wish I had that just 2011 season to play with Cam and Earl. Um, because I got to play with that. I got to play with Earl his rookie season, but, um, Roy Malloy was starting for us who that was one of my all time favorite players to line up with too. Cause I'm, you know, I'm from the East coast. So I grew up watching lawyer, um, just wreak havoc on the field, uh, over in new England, but, um, I would, it would have been fun to line up and then KJ would have been there too, uh, and Sherm that, that following year, but it would have been fun because. I saw Cam and Earl come in, and I knew they were going to be talented. You know, Earl should have made the Pro Bowl his rookie year. And then uh, I remember telling Cam, I was like, hey, man, just move the linebacker. You'll make the Pro Bowl this year, I promise you. And uh, I'm glad he didn't because, you know, he was a Pro Bowl safety. But um, that's how talented Cam Chancellor is. I love it, yeah. That would have been amazing if we could have seen you in that 2013 defense. And then similar to the last question, what's one player uh, all time or current that you love to go against? Like you love to uh, cover a George Kittle or try and tackle Derrick Henry or someone. And obviously this is when you're in your prime. Man, so a player now that I'd like to play or a player that I loved playing back then? Uh, a player now, actually. A player now. Um, man, there's... I would love to be on the field to see Tyreek Hill's speed because it... Just, I played against the two fastest, three fastest players I think I ever saw. Michael Vick, Randy Moss, um, and Julio Jones. Those are the ones that, like, when I was on the field with them, it looked like another gear, man. It looked like something I'd never seen before. And I played against a lot of fast, great, you know, um, skill position players. But those three always stood out in my mind, like, wow, I'm going to have to take – a steeper angle to try to tackle this guy. Um, so I think I would love to see, I would love to really just experience Tyreek Hill's speed, but I don't want to cover him. I just, I just want to be out there on the field. <laughs> and then if you want, you can answer uh, who was like your favorite matchup you had uh, when you played. I, man, I was always against running backs. So like I would have to man cover like LaDainian Tomlinson, Sproles, uh, Marshall Falk, Kevin Falk, Brian Westbrook. And I mean, these guys were nightmares because they, they knew leverage. They knew, they knew they could outrun you. And so you, I had to be, it brought the best out of me. And, um, and that's why I appreciated or love going against those guys. Cause I knew I got better. Even if they beat me on a rep, I knew I got better because I learned something from, from that rep. But um, yeah, man, some serious battles out there. I mean, everybody's good in the NFL, but I mean, Three or four of those guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy hearing you talk about these guys. Like, you know, you were just out there with them balling. That's crazy. It's amazing. Uh, 
for today's game, is there anyone, I know you watch a lot of NFL, that you just love watching play and grow and succeed as a player? It could be any position. Any position. Hmm. I mean, I watch, mostly I watch a lot, a lot of the Hawks. Um, so I am curious to see how, how Jordan Brooks continues to develop, you know, um, because, he, you know, he gets the, the privilege and honor of playing next to two of the greatest to ever put on the, the Seahawks uniform and KJ and Bobby. I mean, when it's all said and done, that's going to be in, in the rankings of linebackers, that's going to be one and two right there. And so I'm hoping they impart some wisdom to him because he does. I like he's got a very similar play style to me or, you know, we, we had a kind of the same game. But again, when we talk about the athlete, he's a much better athlete than I was. So I'm going to continue to watch his development and see, you know, how high he can take it with, with uh, Ken Norton, who helped develop Bobby and KJ and, uh, and that system and that scheme. I think he's going to fit in great. And speaking of Jordan Brooks, with you being, you were the 45th overall pick in the draft and the Seahawks traded up to get you. And there was some criticism saying like, oh, he, he should have been that early. And you proved everyone wrong. Obviously, you were amazing. Do you have like a different level of appreciation for the Seahawks, how they, they go for these more under the radar guys? Like like Jordan Brooks wasn't uh, expected to go first round and we got him and uh, we saw how that worked out. So do you, do you kind of, do you love seeing that? We, we've done well. I mean, John Schneider is one of the best, if not the best in the game at GM and, um, and he knows value. And so that's why it's, it's tough to come in and really, you know, make your mark as a rookie. I know that I haven't played, um, but, um, you know, you see them every year. They find guys that just can just be implemented. Like DK Metcalf, right? A guy that falls in the second round, you know, I think he was the 60th pick or something. So a lot of teams passed on him twice. And now they're, they're pretty upset that they did. Um, but uh, Jaron Reed, being able to get him in the second round, Frank Clark in the second round, like, um, the value that John's found in drafts, and we can go back to the first one where he had all those guys that I mentioned, Cam, Earl, uh, Russell Ocon, Golden Tate, Walter Thurman. I mean, it was one of the most stacked drafts. And then he follows it up with 11 and 12 where you have potential Hall of Famers in both, Sherm and then Bobby and, and, and Russell in 12. So um, I look forward to the draft every year because of that, because – I never know what's going to happen. Even when I was coaching there in 15 and 16, I had no idea. Like I knew what we needed, but then where we got them wasn't always like, okay, you know, we need a D tackle. So we're going to go get one. We end up with the linebacker or end up. So it's, it's, uh, they keep us on our toes for sure as fans now. Uh, and even did as a, when I was a coach. Yeah, exactly. I've tried to predict the, the past couple first round picks for the Seahawks and I've, I'm, I've gone over six the past couple of years. I okay, and this is gonna be. I'm just this is the first, the first podcast I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the truth on with this one. I think I don't think I told anybody else this. I didn't even see us draft Jordan Brooks. I turned the draft off because we've traded out for like the last however many years we've always traded out, and then so after because we were always the 31st pick, something like that. Um, after we 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 selected him, I get all these text messages and hey, what do you think about the new guy? And I'm like, who? And they're like, we drafted a linebacker. And I was like, no way. And so I felt, I felt horrible. But the, like I said, they surprised me again by, by picking somebody when we normally trade back. That's hilarious. I know. I, I expected to trade back. And we, so we picked someone that's crazy. Uh, 
I know, I don't think, it, I don't know if it was your rookie year or what year was it, but how cool is it to see Pete Carroll, the guy who took a chance on you uh, after your freshman year at Maine and took you in at USC, to see him come up to Seattle where you were? Oh, it's great. I mean, I, Pete knows how to win. And, you know, and that's what, you know, being part of the culture, turning the culture over at SC, I mean, I knew, I knew it was in store. As long as he was true to himself and just, you know, did what he did at SC, you know, because he really went there and refined his philosophy about competition and, and, you know, just, you know, competing, man. Like that is the ethos or philosophy that he lives by. And, and you see it because I don't know if years before, if Pete would have let a Russell Wilson, a third round pick take over and start as a rookie over a guy they just paid a veteran they just paid in that plan, you know? So, um, you know, as long as, like I said, as long as he stayed true to himself and, and letting the best man for the job play, then I knew he was going to succeed. And that's exactly what he did, man. He came in here and, you know, there's a number of guys. KJ started as a rookie. He was a fourth rounder. Um, he definitely, I watched his film. He should have been a second rounder, maybe even first. His film was good. But for whatever reason, guys fall in the draft and, um, and, and that's what happened there. But it was um, – I knew a lot of winning was about to happen, and so it's cool to see it. Um, and I got to see it from the other lens as a coach when I coached for him in 15 and 16. Uh, a question about that. So you coached in 15 and 16, obviously, assistant linebacker with uh, Chris Richard. Now that uh, first you have Pete there, and now you have Ken Norton Jr. there, who's also at USC and an uh, NFL legend, uh, linebacker like you – would you ever consider coming back to Seattle to maybe assistant coach, maybe do something? Uh, I know we have Deshaun Shedd back now. It's like get some players involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to be around. I, I just, I love football, man. I'm a football guy and my kids were just a little too young, which is kind of why I uh, took a step back to really just spend this time with them. And um, I think in a couple of years, they're 10 and six. So when they get, you know, I want to say probably three or four more years. When they get to like 14 and like 10, I could see, I could see them being too cool to hang out with dad. And then I'll go back and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, maybe coach or scout for somebody. That'd be awesome. And this is a kind of a controversial question, but you're familiar with Pete, obviously, and the Seahawks organization, player and a coach. Uh, do you think the whole Russell and Pete situation, do you think that was all smoke or like, I don't know. You're familiar with that organization. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know really what to make of it because it, it did at first what Russell said didn't it didn't bother me at all. He didn't call out his own lineman. And, you know, the the clips were edited to make it seem like he called out his own lineman. But the first thing he said was, I need to do a better job of getting rid of the ball. And so but somehow that sentence miraculously disappeared when they replayed over and over that loop. So, and I mean, that's just the way it is sometimes, you know, with, with, with the media, they, they poke and prod and they want to see if there's something there. But um, I only got alarmed when four, four different trading destinations <laughs> were presented to like, and again, to that, to me, that showed me, okay, there is a little more here than, than we know. And, um, you know, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. I don't, at this point, I don't anticipate anything to happen. Um, but I have been on record saying, if we don't get to the, like the championship game 
or or even Super Bowl. I'm not saying we have to win either, but if we don't make it past the divisional round and into that game, the uh, NFC Championship, and possibly the Super Bowl, changes might be made. You know, and, and I don't know if it's player or coach. Who knows? But it's um, you know, Pete did just get an extension, so I don't think he's going anywhere. And you know, we'll we'll see how strong Russell's desire to go somewhere else is. Yeah, I know that was that was kind of funky. He was like, I don't want to get traded, but if I was to get traded, here's four of my dream spots. Um, but I got these four cities and teams that I wouldn't mind going to. I know that was that was weird. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure on like whose side to take. I didn't like either side too much because I, I understood both points. Uh so yeah, it was hard. But I think we're good now. Uh Russell's happy. He was talking to Carlos Dunlap saying he's here to stay and stuff. So yeah. I mean I mean when you lose, you go twelve and four, right? I mean, we, they had a great season and, and then, so no one, there's only one team that's happy when the season's over. It's the team that won the whole thing. You know, even the Kansas city chiefs right now, going back to their second back to back, they're not happy. You know, in fact, they're probably one of the most upset teams because they were that right there. They were close. And, um, but when you go 12 and four, win the division and, you know, there's a lot of heartbreak when that season ends. Because, and I think that's really what we saw was just maybe a little emotions flared up right after, you know, because that was still, playoffs were still going on. And, you know, um, they're, they're putting the microphone in front of your face saying, how do you really feel? It's, you know, you don't know how to feel. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I just saw on Jeopardy the other night. Did you see that? Yeah, with <laughs> someone, the field goal joke. Someone brought up the field goal. It's like, and I know Aaron Rodgers, the competitor that he is. I mean, I, he played it off well, but I mean, I know that that, that was not awesome for him. <laughs> he was revisiting that moment. Yeah, that must hurt because he didn't get to make the decision either. It, was, it wasn't in his hands at that point. So yeah, that must be difficult for him. All right. Uh, your father, Mosi Tatupu, if I'm, I, did I say that right? Yeah, he did. Okay, awesome. Uh, he was an, another NFL great. He's a fullback and special teamer uh, with the Patriots and then uh, a year with the Rams. So you're a second generation uh, to Tupu in the NFL. Is there any chance we'll get a third? Are either your kids interested or feel passionate or even at all about that, about football? You said the right word, passionate. I mean, you got to love this sport, you know? And so, um, I mean, I could always be surprised. My oldest, he's um, he's... I almost want to say he's too smart to play football. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he'll, he's, he's already got his own like YouTube gamer show and, um, and he's, he's awesome. And he's into music and he plays the guitar and the drums. So, I mean, that's the beauty of, of life. You know, it doesn't matter what you're into, you know, your kid could be into something completely else. And so he's, uh, he's helped me grow, you know, um, and, and listen to music that I never listened to and, and play video games that I've never imagined I would play. And then, but my youngest, he he has the mentality for it. We're gonna see if he has the passion for it, but he is, he's a little loafer. Um, I mean, I see it all the time, you know, just uh, his mannerisms, you know, he's tough. He's really tough. I mean, um, he beats up the 10 year old. <laughs> so there could be, I believe there could be a third generation. That's awesome. That's amazing to hear. Uh, quick question. You uh, you grew up on the East Coast. Uh, went to high school there. You went to USC for college. But right now, you're, you're living in the Pacific Northwest, right? 
So what made you choose the Pacific Northwest after not living there uh, for the beginning of your life? Man, I didn't realize how much I loved it out here. Uh, me, my wife, just, I mean, the people, the city, um, it's, 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 it's home to us. It just feels like home here in Massachusetts. Cause I grew up from the time, you know, I was little until 18, I grew up in Massachusetts. So I mean, they're just, they're both home to me. And, um, you know, I got a couple businesses out here. And so that's really what helped me stick around. Uh, I got, I'm wearing the sweatshirt zone in CBD. Um, so it's, um, you know, they've, they've really treated me like one of their own, you know, one of their sons, you know, uh, the, the city of Seattle. And uh, I'm grateful for it. The, the Hawks have always kept me involved in charity work and I couldn't be more grateful for it. And so um, it's a great place. And I mean, you know, I'm glad I got drafted here because I, I don't know if I ever would have taken a trip. I'm not, I'm not a guy that really loves to travel or anything like that. Like, and um, I really, I couldn't even point out Seattle on a map uh, back when, even when I got drafted, I mean, I, I knew it was up there, you know, almost Canada, but I didn't, I didn't realize how beautiful it was and how amazing the people were. That's awesome. And I was about to bring up zoning. So you've turned your, your NFL, your salaries, your money uh, into a business, which is amazing. That's awesome. That like post uh, like in your retirement, you're still, you're still grinding. You're still like, you know, perfecting your craft and being amazing uh, with zoning. You're obviously a CBD business up in the Pacific Northwest. I know another Seattle athlete by the name of Sean Kemp, uh, who's in that business as well. And I'm sure there's other guys. Wouldn't it be cool to see a Love of the Tupu, Sean Kemp uh, collaboration one of these days? Collab? Yeah. Sean, if you're out there, man, let's do it. Let's just collab, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that guy's a legend, you know, here, uh, Rain Man. And uh, I love watching him play. And yeah, I saw he has um, his own his own line, his own store um, in Seattle. And so it's it's cool because, I mean, hemp and cannabis, it really is really what's we're we're also vocal or at you know advocates on behalf of because it's really helped put us back together after the sports our respective sports that we love have really torn us apart you know mentally physically and emotionally man it's uh it takes a toll on you and um you know so i'm, I'm forever grateful for what it's done and, and how it's brought me back to whole and uh, mind body and spirit and um this is my new passion my new purpose is just keep Keep telling people what it is and what it isn't because they you know the stigma that comes with happy cannabis is it's still an ugly one and people don't believe that it's actually medicine they, you know they, they still classify it as drugs which is wrong yeah i totally agree and do you have any zone in stores yet or is it all online currently um we have it and we're in a lot of retail across the u.s um, primarily, we're in Bartell Drug Stores out here, uh, all in the Seattle area. There's 67 stores over there, so we got um, you know two of our products and three of our products in there. And we just came out with an energy powder, um, kind of like a pre-workout. It's it's like a hybrid between the two, um, and it's the best I've ever taken, and it helps fuel my day and my workouts. That's awesome. And then one final question, kind of tying everything together. I watched an interview by TMZ. It's a, a little over a year ago. And you said that if the CBA legalized uh, CBD, that you would consider making a comeback. Uh, you said you were feeling better than ever. And Seahawks could use a veteran presence. Uh, you were always mind over body anyways. And 
that's too old. A lot of guys with your age still playing, uh, and not just quarterbacks like Terrell Suggs, Cameron Wake, they're not retired, Richie Incognito, uh, Andrew Whitworth, uh, Larry Fitz, Frank Gore. Would you ever would you ever want to play with uh, Bobby, KJ, Jordan Brooks uh, under Pete and Ken Norton again? I would love to, uh, but there would there would need to be something terribly long, wrong with our linebacker core, you know, if they need me to play. So uh, I will I will remain a fan, but I really I believe I could play again. I could. I mean, I just know how I feel mentally and physically, and that's a lot of the thing. Like mentally is so much more right what you what you need when you're out there um and with all those concussions i feel like that's what it slowly disconnected the mind body connection and 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 it led to me not playing as well as i I used to you know all the injuries obviously but it's um and it's like we talked about early on when the lows are the lows that when you're you're already the odds are already stacked against me at 511 240, 245, and I'm not one of the fastest guys either. So I'm not the biggest, not the strongest, not the fastest. And then you pile on all those injuries, and it's just you're taking your whole offseason. Like my after my rookie year, even my second, third, the rest, the next five years of my career, I was rehabbing all offseason to get back to full strength. And this is where everybody right now, they're getting even bigger, faster, and stronger and you're getting younger guys coming in through the draft. And so it's like, man, it's it's demanding mentally, really, to stay at the top of your game, I think more so than physically. So um, with that back, that's why I feel this way. I mean, I feel like a better athlete than I was. And uh, it's crazy to say at 38, when, you know, last time I played, I was 29 or 30. But, you know, it's the truth. And I mean, it's why you see a lot of people, you know, coming out on behalf of, of CBD. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, probably won't get to happen. Probably it's not going to happen, but it's fun to hope. Uh, anyways, um, we're, I'm good to wrap it up. Is there anything you would like to say to any football fans, football, uh, passionate, maybe business, uh, people out there, anything you'd like to say to any people listening or watching? Uh, football fans, if you know, go Hawks always. Right. And, um, you know, keep the faith. I mean, we're, we're close. I think we can get another ring here soon. And uh, business-wise, invest in yourself. I mean, because at the end of the day, just like you're saying, you know, um, what I chose to do post-career, um, got two businesses, and it's a grind, man. It is an absolute grind. But I'm learning a ton. And, and you know, if, if you're going to – if it's, like, something that you're passionate about, you're not going to fail because – when everybody else is doing it for whatever reason they are, you know, whether it's the money or something, they, they'll get tired. But when you just get energy from, and so when I hear a story about one of our, you know, we call them family, you know, uh, not customers or clients. Um, when I hear something from a family member saying that, oh man, zone in changed my life. That's why I'm doing it because this stuff changed my life. And, you know, I'll never run out of energy getting fuel like that, man. Like knowing that I positively impacted somebody's life by letting them know that this is this this plant, this natural thing has been hidden from us for a long time because of misinformation. So yeah, invest in yourself and you know follow your passion for all those that uh you know are, are ready for to take that entrepreneurial or business leap. 
Thank you. Those are some amazing words of wisdom for, for all the fans out there. Uh, that's it for today, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Uh, Lofa, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Everyone, make sure you follow him on Instagram. Check out his podcast. Uh, your the co-host on a podcast, and then uh, if you're of age, you can check out uh, Zone In. Uh, his his CBD business, and then what's the other business? The farm, the 1937. Well, so 1937 farm. That's 21 plus. That that is yeah. is cannabis, and Zone In is hemp derived. So um, they're actually FDA hasn't even put in an age limit. You know, like my kid could go and buy CBD from from the store. But um, yeah, I'm not advocating that kids use this. I'm just saying it's not, you know, it's not classified the way or uh, or looked at the way cannabis is. So 1937 farms, 21 plus. Zoning CBD, I mean, you can follow us. It's a lot of us just inspirational, working out, staying you know, staying fit and uh, because that's really what it's brought me to my best life, you know, mind, body and spirit, like I said. And so just trying to help others, you know, find that journey. It's never too late. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, everyone check out Lofa, amazing athlete, but even better, amazing person, amazing businessman, amazing all around everything. Uh, thank you guys so much. Have a nice day.